Hi everybody, James Wilson-Taylor here for Rock Sound and welcome to the latest edition of the Rock Sound podcast. This is where you can catch up on all our latest interviews and today's guests from 21 Pilots, it's Tyler Joseph and Josh Dunn. I recently had the chance to sit down with them and chat over Zoom for a brand new special edition of Rock Sound. 36-page interview, loads of exclusive photos and a giant double-sided A1 poster are available right now at shop.rocksound.tv. Today, we're going to bring you some audio highlights from that conversation we talked through the making of course of their brand new album scaled and icy and of course singles like shy away choker and album tracks good day and mulberry street plus loads of chat about that incredible incredible live stream experience that launched the whole campaign featuring all those extra musicians and that incredible staging that really brought those songs to life and we also talk a little bit about what they are planning on doing next they've already said elsewhere that this next album after this one will wrap up the story they've been telling over the last few years get a few details on their approach to that as ever if you want to see some video from this chat it is up right now on the rock sound youtube channel just head over to our video call playlist and like i say the only place you can get the entire interview is right now over at shop.rocksound.tv right without any further ado let's get right to it here they are today's guests in their own words this is 21 pilots want to start with that live stream congratulations guys like really one of the most incredible things i've you know as you might imagine i've watched a lot of live streams this last year that really was a whole nother level yeah. so wow. so well deserved all the praise uh loads i want to ask you about it before i do just generally how are you kind of reflecting on it after a few weeks i mean you must be delighted with the fan reception to it yeah josh yeah know? uh yeah i mean yeah i i think uh well yeah it was a lot of work leading up to it and kind of just like, uh, you know, I, I think in, in those few days too, it was kind of just like a, just a whirlwind of just kind of making sure that every piece fit together perfectly and everybody was prepared. I think there were more people involved than, you know, a normal show, uh, some dancers, a couple extra singers, musicians. Uh, so there were obviously a lot of moving parts. Um, <clears throat> And uh, and then the and then the the very next morning we we flew to L.A. and had another week of uh, other stuff. So um, maybe I maybe I'm just now starting to process the the live stream. I remember I remember thinking, um, oh yeah, we released a record. Yeah, yeah. Because it feels like that was there was so so much focus on you know preparing for this live stream and everything that went into it. It's like we didn't even, you know, the idea that we were releasing a record almost, you know, didn't, didn't, you know, have, we didn't have the bandwidth to, to, you know, fully understand that we had also released a record because we put everything we had into that stream, so. Yeah, well, yeah. that energy though, because like, I mean, I, I mean, for me watching all of them over the last year for various different bands, obviously completely different all the time, but the ones that have been most effective are people who did what you guys did, where you realize, well, we could just do a pilot show and broadcast it, or we could do something made for this format, something that benefits from being watched at home. You know, what was it like approaching a show, I guess, from this completely new angle you'd never explored before? Well, I think it really helped that we we'd almost had this very strong conviction against live stream shows for a while where it was like, we don't think that we we've grown to appreciate 
and we've learned just how amazing the energy is inside of a, a real venue in front of a real audience, there's really no way to capture that and to really have that energy and that power translate through a screen. And so because that's where we came from, uh, you know, we almost kind of, I, I guess, we, we always kind of took a stance like, no, we'll never do a live stream. And so the, the idea that we were kind of, our hand was forced. Um, and because of things that we'd said to other people and to each other about, we're just not going to, we don't, we don't like the concept of it. Um, it kept us, um, it, it, for, it forced us to go, okay, we're going to do it, but we've got to do it differently than it's ever been done before. Especially, you know, when it comes to our show, it can't just be, um, you know, a stream of what we do every night on, on a stage. It's got to be new. We got to tell a story. We, there needs to be a narrative. It needs to, needs to stay fresh and exciting all throughout. So I think it really helped that, you know, for years we've been, you know, against the live stream um, and it forced us to approach it differently. Some of the differences, you know, we already mentioned there, extra musicians uh, playing live with you. What was it like building that band? I want to give a particular shout out to Sky, actually, because I love seeing the dynamic between uh, you and him, Josh, was particularly cool. Obviously, we've interviewed Sky many times over the years for his other work. It was really nice to see him pop up there. Um, yeah, just a little bit about putting together that band and, and I guess reworking songs in a way to have that fuller effect. Yeah, I mean, we, we knew that for that stream specifically and for a few things that were coming up, we wanted... We wanted um, we we wanted to feel backed by that instrumentation. Uh, we've always kind of tracked stuff. I mean, we we haven't been shy about that. Um, but to um, really put a, a body and uh, energy behind those parts, rather than just relying on a backing track, felt felt right. Um, I think Josh and I have talked about this a lot. Like we've proven we can do this. You know, the two of us, we've, we, we did it. You know, we, we showed what we're capable of um, as a two piece and, and we will always be a two piece band um, in the, in the, in the truest sense, but it's the idea of bringing in um, extra players to help fill that sound out. You know, Sky is the, you know, he's the bassist. I just kind of followed him on Instagram and, and he posts some awesome, um, you know, clips of him playing and, you know, just reached out and it seemed to work great. And he, he um, mentioned and the guy on, on the, on the guitar uh, was a friend of his at first. So we met him through sky and, you know, Todd on um, some keys and guitar, he was playing in the band mute math. And we met him, met him through that. And, and then Jesse Bloom on trumpet and extra keys. I mean, he was in a band, he's in a band called Mr. Wives that we've toured with. I mean, these are just guys that it just, it, really watching them all together, not just playing music, but just kind of interacting. It was like, wow, we kind of randomly stumbled on a great, great group of guys here. I know from just myself watching it, it put a load of those new songs in a different context for me and how I thought about them. I've read a load of the fan reaction online. It seems like it did the same thing for them. I wonder with you guys, putting these in a completely different staging, putting them in a really, really new place, did that open up anything new about those songs to you? Was there anything you guys noticed that maybe you hadn't seen before when you're recording them? I actually said to Tyler um, a few days after the, the live stream that um, it does. I, I mean, I, I think anytime really we go on tour and we play the, and we play the songs, it, 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 it brings them to life in a, in a way um, that uh, didn't really exist, maybe in the, even in the studio. Um, 
But I remember even, even specifically like Mulberry street um, and, and just kind of the, the feeling that, that I had playing that live uh, in that setting and with, uh, with Tyler dancing and having dancers and, and um, it, it's, I, I definitely, I feel like I listen to that song differently now in a way that's, that's cool. Um, and so, yeah, I, I, I think that that's, that's the cool thing about, um, you know, uh, audio and visual together. Um, a lot of times I think like watching a music video from a band um, that's kind of ingrained in your mind whenever you hear that song then the, from then forward or when you see a band live that can totally change the way that you the way that you hear those songs too and let's get into the record shall we I mean I love the album guys really really enjoyed it there's so much I want to pick out from it but I just think the initial thing listening to the first time was and I know you've talked about this before but that very big bright sound and I, I don't know, one of the themes I've always picked out with you guys, lyrically at least, is uh, escapism. And that could be escaping from your anxieties, or it could be, you know, it was very clear metaphor in a lot of trench I found and all that stuff. What was interesting about this is to me, it was escapism in the music and in that soundscape, because while this is by no means a pandemic record, after this year, my God, having some big, upbeat, danceable stuff from you guys was just a proper breath of fresh air in a lot of ways and I think really provides that escape in a whole different way that I hadn't seen from you guys before um talk to me a little bit I guess about building that particular sound structure and why you wanted to play with those sounds I feel like piano is more forward in this one than it has been in a while too yeah I mean uh, great assessment of the record excited for me to hear it in your words um I got a new piano in the studio and so that helped like I got uh, you know the real deal um back there chilling and it was a bit of a you know process getting it down the studio and into the room but i'm sitting at a piano that i just bought uh it's down in my studio and i also like kind of helped slash watch these guys like wrestle this thing into the room and set it up and then tune it and all that stuff and it's like there was work that went in just getting the instrument into the room um like it was already spring loaded for me to write a song on it I don't know how to explain that really, but the energy of me being a part of getting the instrument in the room was also transitioned into writing good day. And I just wanted, wanted to just wail on that left hand and, and, and just kind of open this up. And, and so the, the, the piano coming into the studio was kind of like a um, day one of, of uh, having a piano in the studio, but also I guess in a sense acted as a day one of the record as well. And, um, and it always kind of kept on that song always kept on being the, the opening track in my head as I was working on the record. I didn't know if I was going to be able to beat it. If I was going to, you know, as you put a record together, sometimes songs can shift around in the way that you, you see them kind of, uh, ordering out. Um, and good day just continued to be like, Oh no, this is how we start this. Um, and uh, yeah, it was, um, the piano was a, was a, I had a lot of fun doing that, but then at the same time, I, you know, there's a lot of new gear that I was fooling around with too on the record. Like I was playing electric guitar for the first time, you know, really understanding. I mean, listen, I'm not a tone nerd. I don't really know exactly what I'm doing, but I know that, you know, it sounds cool to me. And, um, and then, uh, you know, playing a lot more bass instead of programming it, actually playing it, you know, like you feel 
the humanness behind it and um, just stuff like that, that um, that's the sort of stuff that I think of when, when asked about the creation process of that record. And um, I've always mentioned that the more time that you put in between when the, the record, record was written and where you currently are, the, the clearer you understand why the record was written in that way and why it came out that way. I, I don't know if while I was writing it, the intention was like, hey, let's write a shinier, brighter, happier record. I don't think that, I mean, Josh and I, we could, when we go back and we talk about, you know, if we remember some of the conversations, it's, it, neither one of us were saying, this is going to be, let's, let's write a brighter record. Um, it just started to turn into that. Um, and it really wasn't until we released it and everyone was saying, this is so much brighter than everything else. It was like, oh, I, I guess it is. <laughs> yeah, it just suddenly clicks like that. I mean, I mean, it's funny you say that about bringing out the, the human sound within it, though, because that first single, again, what struck me with Shy Away was, yeah, it's that new wave sound. And you tr traditionally in your head, you associate new wave with like, oh, it's super, super synthy. It obviously there's synths in there. But what comes through, I mean, the drums are almost the main instrument on that. That's that's live drums on a big synth pop track. You don't really see that every day. That really kind of brought through. That's what's driving the track, yeah. right? I guess that plays in again to that idea of, yeah, let's let's make make it sound like humans are playing on this in a, in a really forward-thinking way, right? Yeah, Josh recorded those drums all by himself. Nice, what was that experience like, Josh? uh i mean it was it was scary for being you know the first time doing it um but also really fun i i think that um uh i i you know i think in some ways um i think tyler kind of just uh forging his way into learning new instruments and learning how to record and produce by himself was kind of kind of gave me some confidence to kind of go in and and try and you know record things on my own um, and it was, yeah, it was, it was a really fun process. Um, I, I would, I would like to continue doing that. Um, I, I, you know, I will add to, I, I think that, um, I, as we, I think as we were working on this album and, you know, going back to the, the conversation of, um, you know, brighter and poppier sounding, I, I actually, I, I, I was feeling like, and we've actually, Tyler and I had a conversation about how I kind of, um, you know, a lot of this album to me is reminiscent of our, some of our older stuff. And so I, I do think that, um, you know, I've seen a lot of people kind of, um, making that note that it's, it's, you know, brighter sounding. And I do think that it is. Um, but I wonder if that is in kind of direct comparison with our last album trench. Um, because, uh, you know, our first album has a song like guns for hands, which to me sounds like a pop song. It was a very bright sounding song, uh, but, you know, but, um, you know, deals with some heavier stuff and a lot of, a lot of that album is. And um, so I don't, I mean, th this, this may be our brightest sounding record that we've done, but maybe not um, when you're, when you're listening compared to everything. Um, so, um, you know, and, and I think that also uh, Tyler and I were, I mean, since we were, since we were younger, I think we, we both were just very inspired and interested in all sorts of different kinds of music. Um, and, and I think that that's, that's probably why albums will sound different from, you know, from one to the next is, is it's just kind of uh, sort of constantly wanting to um, explore those things that we've been inspired by or continue to be expired, inspired by um, not expired. 
Um, and, uh, and it's, yeah, I think, I think it's really fun to do that, to try and, you know, shift and, and grow and evolve, uh, while trying to maintain the integrity of, you know, the band that we, that we started. Yeah, of course. I mean, it's interesting you talk about referencing some of your older work in there, because I guess Choker being a particularly good example, I know I've, I've heard you guys say in interviews as well, you know, that, that almost harkens back to Vessel in a way, I guess, musically, but also, like you say, wrapping up more serious topics, but with a much brighter sound behind it. And again, that, that piano propping up through there. Um, Tyler, I mean, I'm, I've seen you say in a few places that, yeah, that felt like working on Vessel again on that particular song. What is it about that track that felt the same to you or in similar territory to, to that era of the band? It was, it was so easy. Um, and I think it's because I, I think that it's almost like writing a song is you're, you're at, you're at one end of, of some property and you got to cut through the woods to get to the other end. Uh, and every time you do it, you feel this pressure to like take a different route um, to, you know, maybe climb over, you know, this Creek here and, you know, go under this fallen tree here. And oh, that was a different route, but I got through the woods and now I'm in the field. Like that's where I was trying to get to. Uh, and then, all right, let's another, write another song. Let's start here. And then let's just kind of like head, head to the right. And, you know, and then it's a brand new series of obstacles. Um, the song choker, it was, it was a path that I had taken several times already you know i'd almost like didn't even have to think about it it was it had been it had been done but in a sense that um without it seeming like a negative thing i think as a as a as a songwriter you always you know you can feel the 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 pull towards um habits the um you know you have a you know a an arsenal of tools that that are available to you and so what you're doing is you're constantly trying to pick a different combination of those tools and trying to push against that pull towards habit um and so then you find a new path and you do it in a, a new way in a different way um for choker i i didn't fight it i just i i leaned into it um and i realized i learned a very important lesson that um just because it's the same path, just because it seemed familiar and it was easy, there was enough time between the last time I had taken that path that there were things different about it. You know, like the, the, it had overgrown in certain areas or, or it had, you know, water had eroded certain areas where it was, you know, as time goes on, things change. And so even though I was taking a familiar path, I was a different person, you know, I, I was a, I was in a different space. Um, and so that's kind of why I relate um, Choker to writing Vessel. It was, it was the, it was the right amount of time in between the last time I had gone down that path. And, um, and that's why it was, equal parts um easy to write um familiar um but also still still new um in a sense because of the time mulberry street i want to mention next because a real standout on the record i know we've already mentioned it a little bit i guess the obvious question is you know there is a significance that you guys have talked about before about that street you know the first time visiting new york and all these kind of things or at least you know very early in your career it's a place that means something to you it clearly meant something to you in that live stream actually putting it on its feet like that how was it actually finding the right musical language to, 
to kind of tell that story or to find something that fit an actual physical place that means a lot to you in real life? Yeah, I mean, that's one of those piano movements that just kind of fell out of the sky. Um, you know, playing that, I guess that would be a G. Yeah, and then to D and then A. And um, I don't know, something about the bounce to it. Like I, I have this um, talking about habits and talking about, you know, different um, uh, tools you tend to want to move quickly as a, as a musician because the idea of, of strumming something like, Oh no, I can go quicker because I've, I've, um, I've sharpened my skills to go quicker, to maintain time, uh, to maintain my sense of tempo, but also play quicker. So there is this natural feeling as a musician, as a songwriter and as a producer to want the song to go faster because it proves your skill. Um, that was a song where I, again trying to fight put you know push against that that natural pull no slow it down slow it down even slower um and uh and so because i i you know it just kind of fell out of the sky and because i had the wherewithal and the the um patience to let that song be a you know kind of just a chugging along slower put more time in between that the the, the grid there um and uh equally i felt like you know, us getting signed and being, you know, the success we had, as much as we worked hard for it and we were prepared and we had, um, I mean, we really worked hard to be in that position. You can't deny the fact that it also fell out of the sky. You know, it, it, we, if we were to recreate what we just did, what we did to, you know, our, our journey to get to where we are now, there's no saying that it would work again. Um, now, you know, it, it was a, a perfect time and place stars aligned. And so the idea of the, the music itself kind of just like happened and the trajectory and, you know, getting signed and going to New York city for the first time and, you know, having real Italian, you know, uh, from little Italy, um, and you know, that street and that crossroads there, it's like, it all kind of just made sense to marry the two things. Yeah, fits really. really. Touch of the Ben folds about it as well. He's one of my favorite artists ever, so I really like hearing, oh, hearing some of that in there. Dude, he's like my crazy. he's my number one. He's no, the only I'm... person that, on my list uh, that I hadn't I haven't met. Um, yeah, I've got like five people that I've always wanted to meet, and he's the only one that I haven't I haven't met yet. Oh man, close though, right? Huh? Did we see him at an airport? Yeah, I did. I just walked by him. Oh, I get it. I get it. I might get it. I mean, you can't see it in the shop behind me on the computer. We've got a signed uh, sheet music of the luckiest that he did. He releases some every year that you can buy around it. And it was, it was for, it, I got it for my wife and I's anniversary and brilliantly uh, she'd bought exactly the same thing. So we had to return one of them, which I really like. That's yeah. awesome, dude. I know, right? And, and it's on Luckiest, which is like luckiest, perfect. Exactly. Like, oh, oh, beautiful, beautiful song. So amazing. But yeah, mm -hmm. how, how good is that to buy the same present as something like that? Absolutely love it. That's amazing. So good. The song, The Outside, it really it really is you know wrestling with the idea of time and how inevitably there's a you know a shelf life to any whether it's career or your creativity or um uh, whatever it is that i was focusing on at the time is this idea that it is inevitably going to come to an end so how, how do you wrestle with that um and 
I think that I was trying to come to grips with the idea of um, graduating into a class of bands that have had had enough behind them that moving forward was, I don't know. There, there's just a different graduating class. Like I just, I, I, can't, I don't know who else is in that class with us, but it felt like we were, you know, graduating to a new grade, if you will, or whatever. And, um, and then, you know, you're asking how did the, how did the pandemic kind of bring a new light to a song that was currently being written? I would say that that feeling of graduating to the next, to the next phase was, um, I guess, uh, exaggerated because now it really does feel like it's going to be the bands and artists pre-pandemic and post-pandemic like there was this thing that was thrust in that really is dividing it and I think it really like um put us on a fast track to being a band that was post-pandemic that put us on a fast track to being a band that um from then which is okay and is there's there's something amazing about it and having that history but with an event like that when you press pause for a whole year how, how can that not be how can how can how can our culture and our world not view it as that now um and so equal parts we were um i, I guess not we, we didn't want to stop you know, we didn't want to press pause on our touring. We wanted to keep on going, but we were forced to stop. But at the same time, how lucky were we to get in what we had gotten in? There's, you know, um, all of the, all of the shows that we had done and all of the touring that we were able to do um, and really connect with our fans. I mean, that's, we, we really were fortunate. All that to say that the, the song, The Outside, really, you know, coming to grips with, with time and graduating and moving forward. And um, I, I realized that, when things pick up again, there will be two different types of acts. Um, there will be acts that are like, you got to go see them. It's a brand new thing. And then there's acts like, oh, this was just like before the pandemic, you know, and almost this very nostalgic, reminiscent, exciting familiarity. And inevitably, we, we're going to fall into that, that latter category. But it is interesting that the pandemic itself has kind of moved those as where like grades, you know, 11th and 12th grade were are right next to each other. Now, all of a sudden, I feel like we moved from, you know, middle school to high school. Uh, like it was, it's a bigger job. It's a new building. It, you know, I, I don't know how else to describe it. I'm, I'm kind of, I've exhausted the, uh, the metaphor, but that's kind of what it feels like. It's an apt one though, because I think you're right. I think there is, and there's something to be said that, of that being a very nice, in the way that we've all sought out comfort, whether it's through watching the same TV shows, same movies and listening to our favorite bands, whatever that is, there is something to be said for the fact that when shows come back, people will want to go and see their favorite bands. I think it's quite interesting that you say that you will inevitably fall into that latter category though, because clearly as we've seen with not only this record, but the show that before that, and even how your tours evolve and change all the way through it. Like you're challenging yourself. Do you really think it would be automatically falling into that, uh, that comfort space rather than, than challenging and doing something new? Well, this is when I need Josh to even me out. 
<laughs> That's when we get the balance. And these are the things we, we talk about this stuff all the time, and I'm always like, I don't know. I just, I, it's hard. Sometimes I, I really lose sight of what's really going on and kind of see the worst in a lot of stuff. And, and not that Josh. We have a brand new album called Scale to Nicey. It's out now. <laughs> it's, it's brand new. It's post pandemic. My sweatshirt says nothing on it because I'm all about <laughs> darkness. Guys, I'll kind of start to wrap up by really looking into the future. You know, like you say, you're working on new music. We know that. Um, I know you've also said that you see this next record, whatever shape it takes, being some kind of conclusion to the story you've been building and the narrative you, and the world you've been building, some kind of conclusion there at the end of this one with one more record. I guess my question is, is there a pressure to wrap that up neatly in a bow or are you feeling more open-ended about it? I mean, I guess it's like any TV show, any film, anything narrative, some part of your head goes, oh, it'd be nice if everything's dealt with nice and neatly, but the themes you're talking about don't work that way to me. So it's like, are you feeling more open about it or is there... Is there a wrapping up type plan going on with you now? I, I, I'll say this. I, any, any show that, you know, has a finale that people are, you know, less than satisfied. I, I've, I've always, I've always argued with them. Like, yeah, no, no, it was, it was perfect. It's exactly what it needs. Like, there's something, there's something to be said. And, and I, and I understand there's certain, I think, I think that maybe not all shows, but if it's coming from the same place, you can't art, you can't like, it's perfect. If it's coming from, if, if the whole time, the whole story, the whole journey has come from the same source, the way that that source decides to end that journey is perfect. Now, when you start bringing other people and other sources into the creative process, into the storytelling process. That's when you can get critical. Like if they hadn't brought that person on, if they hadn't, you know, changed this about the, the lineup or changed this about the, um, the creative mind behind it, it's all coming from us. And so that's one of the, the things that I, I feel confident about is whichever, whatever we decide to do, however we decide to tell the story, um, at least our fans will know there's it's it's coming from us and it has come from us this whole time and um, at least that's something to to stand on and I think maybe I'm just kind of like pumping myself up that like we're you know we're about to figure out how this ends and in what way it ends and that's a it's a daunting task um, but I, I you know I want to remind ourselves of that that at least the, the the fan that understands that no one has come in and been a new source of inspiration, a different voice in the creative process and the storytelling. It's been the same. It's been from the same two minds this whole time. Um, and uh, I think our, I think our real fans will notice that and recognize that and appreciate that for, for being pretty rare. And um, yeah, that's awesome. Thank you so much again to Tyler and Josh for that conversation. As I mentioned at the top, you want to get the entire interview. You can find it right now in an exclusive 36-page special edition of Rock Sound, only available at shop.rocksound.tv. We'll be back very soon with a brand new episode of the Rock Sound podcast, so do make sure you subscribe. We are available on SoundCloud, Amazon Music, Spotify, Apple, or wherever you get your podcasts. So until then, I've been James Wilson-Taylor, and thank you very much for listening to the Rock Sound podcast.